When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. It's the Tom Bernard Show. Sitting in for Tom Bernard, I'm Dave Schrader, along with... Andy Rapp Bernard. Cassie Schrader. Stay tuned. We've got a great show lined up for you next on the Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Doug Sprinthal, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Tell us about this warranty for life thing. I, you, know, you know, you understand a lot more about this than I do. Well, of course. I know you're not an automotive mechanic. So let me tell you a cool story. This just happened a couple of days ago. I got an email. Somebody emailed me at DougAtWalzer.com, and he goes, Hey, I bought a 2005, and I think it was a Honda Accord, back in 2014, having some problems with the engine. Uh, Do I have any coverage? So I called the Honda store. We looked it up, and sure enough, the card qualified for a lifetime powertrain warranty. So it had to be under 60,000 miles at the time of purchase, a uh, non-highline vehicle. And they covered the engine repair. Think about what that means. That's a 13-year-old car, and the guy got his engine replaced. It doesn't cover every single thing on the car, but all the, it's like major medical coverage. So the engine goes bad, transmission, four-wheel drive system. You're covered as long as you own the car, as long as you maintain it to factory standards. It's pretty cool. It actually is really cool. Well, I mean, it's a lot cooler than you or me. Well, it is really cool, though. Yeah, I mean, 15-year-old car. And that's why I buy all my cars, and my family buys all their cars from Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com, because of warranty for life. And you like working with me, too, right, Tommy? Tommy? Tom? I, I don't think he's there. <laughs> That's really nice. Very professionally <laughs> delivered from Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. <clears throat> Always nice to start the show with a little stalker music, huh? <laughs> Welcome to the Tom Bernard Show. Sitting in for Tom today and tomorrow, I'm Dave Schrader. Is there a list of, like, most under, uh, misunderstood songs? Like, it this has got to be, be. One, of, one of them. And um, Born in the USA. Yes. Yep, that's actually anti-America. Yeah, I love that. Well, no, it wasn't really anti-America, but it was more about... Um, 
you know, that was great in Reagan's time when he's out and he's like, well, in the immortal words of the youth, Bruce Springsteen, we're proud to be born in the USA. Exactly. And uh, he's like, "Uh, that's not what the song's about. It's about the fact that I came back from Vietnam. My job was gone. People spit on me, treated me like crap. Life as I knew it was gone. And uh, there was no no start that was not so much anti-American as it was anti the way we, we took care of our veterans when they returned. And uh, Reagan kind of missed the whole point, just uh, saw a fist pump and anthem, and that's about all he could get past. I don't know that Mommy let him listen to the whole song, Andy. <laughs> Famous songs with misunderstood meanings. I don't want to play them, thank you. Closing Time, who cares? Imagine by John wait Lennon. Wait, wait a minute. Closing Time? Yeah, clo- isn't that pretty... Pretty cut and dry. It's about closing time at a bar, isn't it? End of, end of the night, time uh, to go home. It's actually about childbirth. Open up the doors, let you into the night. What? That's what he says. <laughs> really? That's what he says. What was he on when he wrote I that? Don't know. And had the- uh, obviously an epidural or something. Yeah, he might have been a bit of a weirdo, but yeah. <laughs> Imagine by John Lennon, but okay. that's... Since we're coming into the holiday season, what about Baby It's Cold oh Outside? Oh my God. Uh, Every Would year. you just stop? It's a lovely song, <laughs> for real. Really? And it's a, it's a man and a woman that that are in love, being toying and yeah, and they're being with one another. They're being funny. They're not being all rapey and <laughs> hey, baby, it's cold out there. Let's What's die in up drink? in the basement in your underwear. <laughs> yeah. It's not that kind of thing. I uh, know. I love that. Now song. wait a minute. Imagine. Okay. Uh, it's basically about how good communism is, which I thought that's you know it's John Lennon. Hmm. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, sometimes much. I don't need to know the deeper rooted meaning behind songs. I just thought it was a beautiful song about imagining a world where there is no problems and we can all just get along. Well, that's what he thinks communism is, which, oh. you know, if he actually thinks that, then, you know, good on him. But I don't think he does anymore. Well, I can see well, how I can not see. Not anymore. I can see where the communist influence comes in because he's basically saying take everything away so everybody is the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So that's basically the. I don't know what you want to call it, the theory of communism. Hey, when I want your logic, I'll ask for it. <laughs> uh, no, that makes sense. What other songs do they show that are, are commonly misunderstood? I still am not getting closing time. No, yeah. I don't get the closing time. Well, let's see if I uh, look up the lyrics. Maybe uh, maybe there are some lines in there that we don't usually hear. Yeah. There's no more time for alcohol. I'm pretty sure that just means the end of the night at the bar, isn't it? Yeah. How many, how many women are getting pregnant? Well, it's a and, metaphor. Uh, oh, is it a metaphor? Uh, time for you to go out into the world. Makes sense. Turn right. the lights up over every boy and every girl. That sounds like babies. Okay. Uh, let's see. Time to go back to the places you will be from. Mm. So back to the, you'll be from that home, but you're not because you haven't, you know. No, very. Very deep. Very deep. Too much deep. I just like to hear it at the end of the night at a bar and know that it's at that time you, you take what pickings are left to you and you go home and enjoy the night. Exactly. Here's kind of a gross one. What? This room won't be open till your brothers or your sisters come. The room being... The womb? Yes. Oh. It won't open up until your brother comes out. Well, it's good to know. Oh. It also kind of sounds like mom saying you're not getting back in. Is that the deal? There the rent sign has been put, put back out or what? Yeah, there is a line. You can't stay here, which is true. Oh. Can't stay in there forever. What a weird metaphorical song to use. The whole yeah. concept of closing time at a bar, no more drinks, and uh, no it's really about him. being being born. Yeah. yeah, I can just see that the baby comes out. Okay, you're not going back in. It's closing time. Get out. Well, you've been there, honey, three yes. times. Is yes. it pretty much how you feel? Yeah. It's yeah. like as soon as that kid's out, I'm like, oh, okay, good. Were you wishing the bouncer had come a little sooner? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, especially with my first one. I was a week late. Holy cow. Oh, yeah. Total right. Eclipse of the Heart. That's a song about vampires. Yes, it is. Boom. What did people think it was about? Uh, just love, love in general. Turning your back on love. and That you're so in love. It's just like one of those once-in-a-lifetime type things. You know how Eclipse only comes around. Yeah. Mm. Original title was Vampires in Love. That's a lot more on the nose. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it would have sold as much, though. Probably not. Just Like Heaven by The Cure. I don't even know what that is. What is the? Uh, what's it supposed to be about? Uh, let's see. Hello. Hello. Alex joining us now. We're talking about misunderstood songs, songs that people have one conception of, 
Not conception. Yeah. <laughs> I've still got closing time in my head. <laughs> Did know. you know the song Closing Time is about is about birth <laughs> and having babies? Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Next makes... time you listen to it, you're going to be like, oh, what the hell? That's icky. Yeah. Um, apparently, it's about all sorts of stuff. It's about... Closing time is? No, the, oh. the just like heaven. Oh. Like, apparently, part of it is about hyperventilating while kissing. <laughs> Romantic. So, okay. So that, would, songs... that would make kissing really weird, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't down, so songs you think that are about one thing, but they're about another, not like lyrics that are wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The meaning right. behind yeah, it. When you yeah. think of closing time, you think, I thought it was just about the end of the night, of the, probably yeah. a, a bar band singing about yeah. how everything's Every wrapping up for the night. Every bar ever clo- plays yeah. closing time. And then time. he starts reading yeah. the lyrics and you're like, oh, that's, it's about birth. Yeah, they play that at last call. Yeah. yeah. At every bar all over the world. Which is also kind of fitting because that's where most of those problems start anyway, at the end, <laughs> end of the night at closing time. Yeah. Now I'm thinking of Although, the lyrics. Yeah. Bringing back to Total Eclipse of Heart, that is the most bizarre music video. Have you ever watched it's it? It's super weird. <laughs> it's, yes. Oh, Harder to Breathe, you know, uh, Maroon 5. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, it is about the music industry ah. being obnoxious and overbearing. Yeah, I could see that. Okay. Uh, the metaphor yeah, being yeah. a, um, uh overbearing girlfriend. But yeah. actually, that girlfriend is the music industry. It's like uh, Hotel is California, it? isn't that about the music industry? Well, that's kind of a bizarre song for them, because that was like their very first hit on their first major album that came out. So he was already complaining about the music industry on his first odd. album. No, the first one was... Um, something? Something. Which band? Maroon 5. Harder to Breathe came out 2002. Maroon 5 started in. Yeah, they had a a year. Earlier than that because. Oh, 94. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. They had that song with the woman's name in it, right? That was the big hit album that came out for them. Oh, my God. Well, they started even earlier than that in 1994 as Kara's Flowers. Hmm. So they've they've been at it for 11 years at that point. No, what is the. Freaking song I'm thinking of. Yeah, I can't think of this any. There was there was one big insane. album that came out, and I think it was like their first big album. Sunday, Sunday morning was a big hit. Songs about Jane. That not ha- coming up. That was their second album, wasn't it? No, that was their first album. That was their first. It had this love. Yeah, yeah that's the song. She will be loved. Yeah. This love harder to breathe. Yeah, this um, love and Sunday morning were the two. Yeah, but yeah. isn't that all in their first album? Yes, yes it their is. Their first album was uh-huh. Songs About Jane. Mm-hmm. Really? And then it has Harder to Breathe on it. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah, but maybe he's meaning overall, if I they had been around for a while together, coming <laughs> together to create this album, or, or even just getting broken into the music industry. Well, but yeah, they had, yeah. they had done three albums before that, before they changed their name. What were they before? Kara's Flowers. And apparently they didn't like that name. Because yeah. it's terrible. You find out, <laughs> man, you, how, many, how many of these musical acts... Busted their butt for the first for two or three albums, where everybody around them made millions except for the band. Yep. Mm-hmm. Queen, they they play that up big in the movie Bohemian Rhapsody. Is yeah. they realize, I oh, think the record was, label for the first it was around their third album, mm-hmm. they realize yeah. that, that their managers are buying brand new vehicles and being, and they're still yeah. living in flats and barely getting yeah. by. And they're like, hey, something's got to change. Yeah, it wasn't mm-hmm. until. A Night at the Opera is when they started actually making money. You hear so many stories like, so... about scummy music managers. Oh, it's yeah. like, I don't know. Dan just watched a um, documentary about Quincy Jones. Oh, the one that's on Netflix right yeah. now? Yeah. He seems like a really good person. He, didn't he kind of have a meltdown about a year ago where he just like was totally anti-Semitic and hated everybody? And... Oh, really? Never mind then. Yeah, I could have sworn that he came <laughs> he out and he was like, he started tearing apart Sinatra and making what? pretty negative comments. But yeah, Quincy Jones was pretty much the oh, like the go-to guy when it came to music for a long time. But I, yeah. I don't know, Andy, do you, do you see the story on that when Quincy kind of melted down about a year or so well, ago? Well, he started so many things that you don't even realize. <laughs> like he produced the French Prince of Bel-Air. French Prince. The French Prince. <laughs> that was a big show. <laughs> it's a spinoff. <laughs> in um, West Versailles, I was born and raised. Yeah. Um, oh my God! He started Vibe magazine. Oh, here we go. Yeah, and he did. He, he helped did produce a, a lot of down. Sinatra albums. Yeah, and, and he started like he started hip hop. What did it say about about his meltdown? Let's see, he had a meltdown. Oh, he had controversial claims in a candid interview. <gasps> Quincy, mm. how dare Let's, you? Uh, he uh, he made comments about 
He knows who killed JFK. It was Sam John Giancana. 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 Uh huh. The Beatles sucked. Um, <laughs> I, I and retract, Alex is leaving. Yes. I retract my Paul Allen, statement. the guy from Microsoft, is just as good as Jimi Hendrix. He used to date Ivanka Trump when he was seventy-two and she was twenty-four. Oh God! Marlon Brando was gay, very gay. Uh, yeah, but that's been no big secret. Yeah. Well, Marlon I think your Brando dad's been was, talking about that yeah. on the air for about twenty-five yeah. years. Um, he said something about Michael Jackson. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot He said all there. sorts of stuff, yeah. But Yeah, I think he ended up saying Michael was kind of a wackadoo, and well, he put well. down Sinatra, he put down everybody. I know, but it was like all those years of making bank off him, you wait yeah, till he's yeah. dead, he and then the, you're yeah, all... Yeah, that's well, true. Yeah, of course, he's yeah. also now... Eight, how old is he? 77, 80, something like that? Uh, he's got to be at least 80, doesn't he? Let's yeah, see. maybe it's just that little... The old man switch is finally flipped, and I no longer yeah, care like, what you think. He's 85, well, so... Well, that's like my grandma is 94... And when we were in Arizona last, I was like, why don't you act crazier? Like, when I am in my 90s, I'm going to be bananas. Because <laughs> no, everybody's like, oh, she's yeah. old. Like, you can get away with anything. You can yeah. steal stuff. Mm-hmm. You can scream <laughs> at people. Alex has got a retirement plan I all set. Cannot. I'm going to be stealing yeah. stuff. Yeah, well, I never did. will pay for parking again. She's casually brought up how death is taking too long. It's like, wow. Okay, Grandma. Yeah, I know. Well, we'll we'll leave and we'll be like, okay, we'll see you in April or whatever. She's like, if I'm still around. I'm like, okay, <laughs> calm down. Oh, I love old people. I know. She's so weird. No, Quincy. Why'd you he... look at me when you said that? Oh, stop <laughs> it. Jerk. No, uh, Quincy said that Michael stole, um, like, music from other artists or something like that. And I was thinking, wait a minute. Didn't Quincy produce his album, so wouldn't he be part yeah. in the yeah. stealing of other people's music? Yeah. That didn't make sense. It can't, you can't no, no, hide. when you produce what music is given to you, right? You're given a song, you're given this, and then it's it's as your job as a producer, it's the way to punch it up and make it make it work. Yeah, but Quincy was, I mean, he was a composer, and he actually he wrote. He composed several of Michael's songs. Yeah, well, like, famous ones, actually. Created it. Yeah, like, like Billie think... Jean. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Because he was a big part of the Thriller album, Off the Wall. Um, I, I don't. Did he do Bad? I can't remember if he helped Michael with Bad. Maybe a couple songs. But yeah, I was like. Yes. Most importantly, can we revisit the fact that he said the Beatles suck? Yeah, no what? kidding. Doesn't In like the him. World. Yeah. He he's he's bad. No, oh, he also did. Point. We are the world. Yeah. We are the world. We are. Our guest the has just called in. Well, we'll. Uh, I don't want to really jump into a guest while we've only got about a minute left. Why don't we? Uh, if she can hold on a minute, we will come back to her and uh, give yeah. her her full due as soon as we possibly can. I had a chance to see Fantastic Beasts too. Mm. Oh, that just was came it? out. The Crimes of Grindelwald. Uh, you know, I like the original Harry Potter movies. Did you they had see some the heart Fantastic and depth. Beast? Yeah, and then I saw the first Fantastic Beasts movie, which left me kind of feeling like there was a heart missing to that movie. It was a little like it didn't feel well harry potter was part of like a huge universe right whereas fantastic beast it was a little too detached from the harry potter universe made it up because they could and and there's nobody i i just have had a hard time connecting with any of the main characters in the movie um newt or or any of them it just kind of feels like i'm watching something as opposed to when you're in harry potter's movies you're part of the movie yeah you're you're part of it so the second one Two yeah. hours and 14 minutes long. It felt like it was two hours and 45 minutes mm. long. And, mm. uh, you know, if they'd have shorted up by about 35, 40 minutes, it might have been a little better. Visually stunning. Yeah. It just languishes as storytelling. Mm-hmm. And there are points, and my daughter's a huge Harry Potter fan, and I turn to her and I go, wait, what are we doing in this movie again? And she just look at me and shake her head. <laughs> yeah. You just kind of forget what the storyline yeah, is. Yeah, the first one I was kind of like, how does this have anything to do with anything? I mean, it was know? cool to see the guy who has the affinity with the animals and, yeah. and the structure and, and the storytelling, yeah. but it was that was like it. it. That wasn't enough for me to build yeah. an entire yeah. new arc on. Yeah. So the new movie, I guess, comes out, and, and uh, out of five stars, I, I personally, I'd give it two and a half. Wow. Visually stunning, but languishes as, as storytelling. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we will talk about People Magazine Investigates right here on The Tom Bernard Show. 
Tom Bernard here with the founder and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. He was here to talk about a great service at an app that you can get and use from North American Banking Company. It's called XCheck. All right, Michael, my buddy, my pal of mine, why do I need this and why is it cool? We developed the app to compete with the other payment applications across the country. We wanted something that was safe, secure, easy to use, and most of all, free. Say, for example, Alex needs some money and you want to send her some money, you can do it right away in the payment app and would get into her account without her having to go to the bank. Most convenient for the princess in your life. And the Prince Andy, too, because I wouldn't want the kids having to leave the house to get cash. I wouldn't want that. No, there'd be no sense in that. You'd have to buy the gas then, too. (laughs) They're going to love it. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Check out nabankco.com slash KQ for more about XCheck. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. Whiting Clinic has changed their name to include their two specialties, LASIK and cataract surgery. Whiting Clinic is best known for their amazing LASIK results and ability to enhance thousands of lives by restoring vision to clarity without the need for glasses or contacts. You've heard me rave about them for years. You know that. But did you know they're also experts in cataract surgery? Yes, indeed. And I'm a perfect example of their good work. You know what I'm saying. I see so clearly now. When my clear LASIK vision started to fade due to cataracts, Whiting Clinic took care of me again and have the most advanced lens technology so I can see far away and up close without wearing any glasses. If you're over 60 and have noticed your vision starting to fade, call the experts at Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. To learn more about your options for cataract surgery and clearer vision, visit whitingclinic.com or call 855-554-2020. That's 855-554-2020. And please tell them Tom sent you. Really? So this is the the choice to come back in that smooth criminal as we're about to talk about People Magazine Investigates? It wouldn't. That was the closest one that would come up. Sorry. My thing's delaying bad. Is that the problem? Yes. Internet connection again? No. People Magazine Investigates profiles uh, ordinary people thrust into the spotlight after notorious crimes. The new season kicking off on Monday, November 5th. Joining us, and Elaine, help me with your last name. I don't want to butcher it too badly here on air. (laughs) <laughs> it's obvious. Yes, it is. Can I just call you <laughs> Elaine? <laughs> yes, please call me Elaine. <laughs> the series has been really great. Uh, we've enjoyed watching it at home, and I, you know, just as a fan of this type of programming overall and true crime. Um, I, the angle, though, is is subtly different and changed in this. Talk to us a little bit about the new uh, the new season. Well, I think what we're seeing is a lot of, you know, stories that you may possibly know, and yet we're still finding out new um, new angles, new information, and, um, and, you know, and getting various people to talk about it. I mean, it's amazing, you know, how much cooperation we always get with people sitting down and taking us back through that time and through that scene. When you talk to these people and you bring them in to kind of re-examine, does it ever spur new memories, new thoughts, something that they might have said or, or had forgotten long ago that was part of the, the story that reignites part of the investigation for you? Well, I think what happens is the people that are most directly affected, whether it's, you know, like a family member like who has lost a child or lost a spouse or sibling or something, they remember that day clearly. They remember the scene clearly. What I think happens is that the next layer of people, while you're reporting, you talk to someone who may not have said anything earlier. Still, that is why during these cold cases, when you see law enforcement come out and say, you know, anything, you may think it's not relevant, but we may, or you may think it's, it was such a small detail, it may be something that we're looking for. And so those are the things that we do tend to um, come across as time goes on. People Magazine Investigates features 
compelling stories of, of ordinary people that have been thrust into the spotlight following notorious crimes. And through the lens of people's trusted journalists, they take each hour-long episode into um, a, a different world for viewers, right to the heart of these crimes. And then they kind of interlace them with archival footage uh, of these dramatic recreations. And, of course, the emotional interviews, too. I mean, it, to see the looks in the people's eyes as they revisit these stories and this part of our history, is it ever, you know, behind the scenes, is it ever hard to do that, to see and, and you know, reawaken these these emotions and memories for people? Um, I think, I mean, it's, it's always difficult. And I think um, our reporters, myself included, we never forget that when we're talking to these people who are, they're real people, sharing their real pain, and, you know, I mean, they're reliving it. And, um, you know, so I think what's so great about, you know, my colleagues, we respect that and we um, we make sure that, you know, everyone feels empowered. Like, you know, we don't want to traumatize them again, you know, and so – but. I think what happens when the cameras turn off, I, I tend to get a lot of people telling me, you know, thank you for letting me talk about my loved one, you know, and they don't want anyone to forget that their, that their loved one was here, right. you know, and so that's a way of sort of making sure that um, they're remembered. Which is a great aspect. I know a lot of the shows out there kind of focus more on the killing and on the police that were involved, and sometimes we forget that the important part of the story is that somebody's life was lost and who that person was and what their narrative and their story was. Um, so I, I really give you guys a lot of credit that you make sure that the victims are not forgotten or a byline to this main story. Mm -hmm. And that that's a really, uh, you know, having lived through true crime in my own life and having lost a friend and some of her children to uh, a brutal act, I, I watched the articles and the way news handled it, and it was all sensationalized towards the killers, the story, and then there was even a callousness towards the victim in some sense, as though she deserved it because of the, the people that she knew and hung out with. And, and I often thought, boy, if this was your daughter or son, if they made some bad choices in life, would it mean that their life is any less diminished because of some poor choices? And because they died at the hands of these killers who now become the notorious famous names, and that that victim kind of becomes lost to time and that's that's really kind right. of a compelling part of the story that uh, that you guys have been really good at sharing i think and, and getting out there so as somebody who has uh, had his own life touched by true crime i appreciate that a lot well we appreciate hearing that and and i don't mean to sound glib but you know i remind people the name of our magazine is people right, right. and that's what we're really about we're really about talking to people, finding out about people. That's how you connect to a story, you know, and um, everything else is sort of extra, but we do take pride in um, sharing people's stories. You've been a staff writer at People Magazine. You've covered crime, breaking news, uh, traveling across the country, reporting on some of the biggest stories, like the Dark night shooting in Aurora, Colorado. Can I ask you kind of an off-topic mm -hmm question when it comes to things like that sure here you were there boots yeah. on the ground covering this story then there are these yep. stories that are are propagated out there saying that it didn't take place or that it's a false flag story and these are crisis actors and again watching the human condition and, and the way people react how do you as a, a journalist respond and, and how do you think about this when you see that people are trying to portray some of these amazing tragedies as uh, something that didn't actually occur, as if nobody died, as if this didn't take place. It was just a, a, a some kind of military exercise. Well, I mean, I you know I take my job very seriously, mm -hmm. and I think that's why I'm so passionate. I am a journalist. I am schooled, trained. I've been. I've seen some of the worst things I've seen, you know, I, I've seen dead bodies and, you know, one guy was executed and placed inside of a trunk of a car and, you know, I was there at the scene and I've done all these stories and I think, um, 
that is why it's so important to have journalists at these scenes because I, my integrity is intact and I'm interviewing these people. I mean, I was in Aurora within, I was like 12 hours from when it happened. I was on the scene, right? Mm -hmm. And um, some of these people, they were still in shock. They had not left the theater because that happened at midnight local time, right? And so, you know, they were still, they had been interviewed and then, you know, media was there. They were still in shock. And I remember one young woman telling me her story and she gave me the most chilling detail that I still remember to this day where she said she dropped to the ground inside the theater and her cheeks were cold on the floor. And that's because blood was coming down the, um, you know, it's like stadium seating. So you know how like right. there's like a slant to the ground, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and she could see the shell casings rolling down the, the floor. And so I'm sorry, that was real. Her eyes were as white as saucers. And to the point that I even put my notebook down and I said, look, I said, you know, have you slept? And she said, I can't close my eyes. Those are real stories. That is really happening. And I don't pay attention to too much of like the squawking of, you know, conspiracies or whatever, just because I was there and it's my job to tell you the stories as they happen. After you cover a story or two like that, do you ask him to put you on the beat to maybe go to like celebrity puppy shows or something for a week or two just to, <laughs> you know, do a, a clearing of the mental palate? I know. I need a cleanse. Um, <laughs> you know, I just, I go, I mean, that's why, like, I, you know, I'm a big fan of like sort of, you know, bad 80s movies. Um, just, it's, they're just kind of mindless and I don't. How dare um, you, Elaine? There is no bad 80s movies. <laughs> I know. I know. No, do not get me wrong. Some kind of wonderful. I can watch that like over and over and over. But, um, you know, so I, I don't know. I just, it's what I do, and I'm, I'm good at it, and I care about people, and, um, and I like that they trust me and they seek me out to tell their stories, and if that's the little thing I can do, then that's what I'm going to do. People magazine. And then have a drink after work. Well, that's that's always good too. People magazine investigates return Monday, November fifth. It's ten p.m. nine p.m. Central only on Investigation Discovery. What can we expect from the new season? Well, you know, it's um, filled with a lot of stories that you think you know, and then there's you know something new, such as you know we're going to. Um, talk about Manson again, and but this time it's because, you know, did he possibly kill more? Are there more victims? Um, so we're exploring that. We have an upcoming episode with a girl who disappeared in 90 seconds, and when her sister came outside to look for her, her bike was on the ground and the wheels were still spinning. So it was that, it happened that quickly. So, you know, we have um, a lot of stories like that throughout the are, are there a lot of uh, rocks to still kick over in a story like Manson's? I mean, people have been trying to put him away for more crimes for, you know, going on 40-some-plus years, and nothing has been able to stick. Were you surprised at, at information and new information that you guys were able to obtain? Um, I'm not surprised that... There's possibly more. I think that's always sort of been around. Um, I've done a lot of interviews with um, people that were either uh, a member of the Manson family or um, relatives of the victims. And I still feel like there's stuff that hasn't been explored. And, you know, I mean, the thing that you need is evidence, right? So um, that's what they're still looking for. I mean, there are still people that are in prison for this. And, um, and so they're not done trying to find justice for, you know, different people that have disappeared. Well, I know they've, they've kind of gone over the spawn ranch with a fine tooth comb. And I, I know a few of the cadaver dog specialists that have been out there and they think they've marked more spots where bodies could possibly lie. Is there any chance of finally getting some more excavation and, and tearing that up? Do you know? 
I mean, there's always a possibility, but um, nothing is happening at this very moment. But there definitely are surges that happen where they find out new information. Again, someone comes forward as they're getting older, um, and they explore every every lead that comes in. But, um, you know, we'll see what happens. Great. Well, we wish you a lot of luck with the series. Keep it going. Thank you very much for stopping in. And uh, we'll make sure that we have a link up for that. Again, People Magazine investigates on Investigation Discovery, Mondays, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central. Thank you, Elaine. Thank you very much. Do you guys, uh, there has been such um, a focus, you know, since even the death now of, of Manson over the last uh, year here, more stories have come forward, more people seem to be willing to talk about it. I wonder in a lot of these cases, what is real and what is somebody now just yeah. trying to inject themselves into a story? Do they really feel safe now that Manson's gone, that they can come forward? Or is it now I can try to cash in on the story? It's hard to say. And that's that's been a part of the the storyline that I've been watching and, and trying to figure out how to, you know, connect with this. And there was that strange battle over his body with people that claimed to be his relatives, mm -hmm. and who was going to get the body, what was going to happen with it. Uh, I know Zach Bagans from uh, Ghost Adventures obtained a, a few pieces of the remains mm -hmm. uh, that I guess he's going to be featuring in his museum. Uh, museum. So, you know, that that in itself is kind of a strange story, and I think he's working on a documentary on it. But with the Manson story, it's been unreal to watch it and, and continue to look at it. But at this point, I mean, you know, they've been trying for 40-plus years to, to dig something out on this guy to finger him directly into a murder. And I, I just don't know if we're going to ever get that information. And even if it came out now, it's yeah. your word against a dead guy. Yeah. It'd be a really good time to go, hey, those two did die and Charlie did it. And you're you yeah. know, just getting deflecting the blame off of you to put it on somebody who's not around. Yeah, We have to uh, take a break. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. This is the Tom Bernard Show. Tom Bernard here to tell you, Priority Courier Experts has immediate openings for drivers looking for more. Priority drivers are independent contractors who set their own hours, start from their own driveways, and deliver local on-call parcels and freight, which means you're home for dinner every night, and you get paid weekly. Right now, Priority's driver-friendly lease-to-own program has brand-new dock trucks, flatbeds, curtain sides, and tractor trailers just waiting to be driven home. And Priority is also offering a $4,000 sign-on bonus to qualified drivers. So if you've got the skills, we can get you qualified to start driving a brand new truck in as little as three days. Calling all drivers. Come get the $4,000 sign-on bonus you deserve for all the knowledge and experience you bring to the delivery business. Call our fleet reps right now at 651-748-4477 or visit them online at Priority.com. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. We're back. This is the Tom Bernard Show. I'm Dave Schrader sitting in for Tom Bernard. He'll be back with you guys on Monday. They're off to the KQ Morning Show live in Vegas. Uh, they will be back with you guys in studio on Monday. So is it not enough that your dad's been inducted into every radio Hall of Fame and Minnesota Hall of Fame, and he's the number one morning show guy, and now he's striving to be the number one afternoon guy? Astronomers have discovered a super Earth known as Bernard's Star B. <laughs> uh, spelled the exact same way, Bernard's Star, a red dwarf star located in a solar system about six light years from Earth, may have company. Researchers of the exoplanet hunting group Red Dots have detected a planet some 3.2 times the Earth's mass and very cold orbiting the star, Smithsonian reports. Their findings were published in Nature on Wednesday. 
We firmly believe the object is there, says lead researcher Ignasi Ribas. We also have to remain a bit cautious, but we were sure enough that we were willing to go forward with the publication. The planet, Bernard's Star B, is the second closest exoplanet, a planet outside of our solar system, to Earth per USA Today. Researchers Mm -hmm. looked at two decades' worth of data from seven different telescopes to pick up the planet, according to Forbes. As for the possibility of life on Bernard's Star B, the planet is way too cold to sustain liquid water. Good timing as you pour water into the cup over there. Yes, uh, Ribas says. Water and like this. Whether life may be frozen beneath the ocean is just speculation at this point. During the course of their study, Smithsonian notes, notes that researchers found faint evidence of another planet, which would be Bernard Star C. Because obviously the Bernard family, be, why don't they just call one Alex? Yeah, exactly. And, I'll uh, make some calls. Yeah, just get them, get them handled on here. Get, you know, in, in order as they come. Um, I like, they call it a super Earth, right. which makes it sound like it's a lot like Earth. Yeah, pl- yeah. But its average temperature is minus 270. So not. So no, not like Earth, don't really. Don't there. Well, I think what they're saying is that it's, you know, uh, like Earth, but not like Earth. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know. Earth-esque. Yeah. yeah. Well, it is. It's it's orbiting a red dwarf, which are very cold, so it makes sense. What a, yeah. You know what? I, this is the part of the story I don't understand, right? Uh, it says here, their findings were published in Nature on Wednesday. We firmly believe the object is there. Well, six light years is... We always have to remain a bit cautious. Well, yeah. if you're looking and you're not sure, should you post something? Well, we're pretty sure. If you've got seven different telescopes trained on the same area, there's, there's either a planet there. there or there's not a planet there. What do you... Well, that far away, the you... only way you can see if a planet is there is if it... Um... If it goes in front of something bright, like if it goes in front of a star, mm-hmm. then you can tell that, well, obviously there's something orbiting that star, but you can't necessarily tell, you know, exactly how big it is or if it's even a planet at all, that kind of thing. Gotcha. Astronomy gotcha. is astronomy is a lot of guessing. It's a light year. It's the distance light travels in one year. Okay. So it's pretty far. So I think it's, it's a little s- bit past Boca. Real far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the distance to the sun is seven light seconds. So, you know. Okay. However many seconds are in a year. That is overwhelming. I know. The thought I love that Andy of, says it, and big. Alex's brain just kind of started to smoke over there. She's <laughs> trying to do the calculations. Well, just it's crazy to think that it's that. Oh, here we go. Big, so there are like the uni- I don't know. So a light year is 5.4 million times the distance between the Earth and the Sun. That's all. It's it's far enough that there's no chance in hell any of us are ever going to be able to travel that distance. Well, not with yeah. that attitude, mister. Yeah. No. The um I think the most viable option they have like if we do need to evacuate Earth for some reason, is basically they would uh, build a ship that people can, um, like, multiple generations can be born and die on that ship because it's going to take so long to get there. That well, you know, there's there's been these claims, and again, this is something that it's not just Dave from Darkness Radio throwing out weird stuff. This was <laughs> this is a real deal. It's not just old liar Dave, right? Yeah, it's not crazy uh, paranormal <laughs> Dave, but the fact that like in Illinois, about I want to say ten years ago. There were four or five different police districts uh, that watched what they considered to be like a building-sized spacecraft flying over different townships, and they were tracking it. Different police, and you can hear the radio and dispatch going back and forth. Mm. And they think they're joking, and all of a sudden, the next police uh, quadrant starts to pick it up. They're witnessing this, and we've been talking for a while. I'm wondering if they are creating these kind of arcs. Yeah. That we may have to, you know, it's probably going to be many of them, which is, you know, the whole concept of the TV show Battlestar Galactica, I think, wasn't it? That they had to eventually get off the planet and they needed all of these. Yeah, there have been a few uh, shows that have that concept. you got to get off Earth. And the only other way would be with Warp Drive, which is science fiction so far. We don't, so know, far. If it, we don't know if it can exist. So if you want to be super scientific about it, the only other way is a generational ship. Well, they're talking about uh, there's many sightings of these giant football field, like multi-football field length uh, craft that are also like 10, 15-story buildings that are being seen around the world. That basically have to be how it would be. Right. Some kind a of skyscraper, a skyscraper in space, basically. Yeah. 
a floating uh, floating condominium base, I guess, is what you'd be looking at. Uh, strange stuff. Um, very strange stuff. That's even, the, you know, you sit there and I, those are the stories that I can't wrap my head around. I'm like, well, how does that just vanish? If you've got a craft that big, how are people seeing it and then not seeing it? But the fact that you've got multiple police force witnessing something like this, uh, then I don't know if you guys touched on this um, last Friday at about 645 in the morning uh, in over Ireland uh, airspace. I think it was three or four different airlines were witnessing craft in the sky and they're radioing back and forth with the tower and they're like um just out of clarification we have anything up here they're like nope nothing on either radar and they're like okay i just had something fly up alongside me and then take off and they're talking all of a sudden you hear another british airway lineup and they're like yeah we just saw two and this happened and another one chimes in virgin airlines who saw two more lights that came in and uh it, it was pretty unusual for them to all be talking about yeah. it now they're trying to twist part of it saying well they said that it was um asteroids and i've listened to the audio as a matter of fact i have the audio up on uh, on our site if you go to uh, darknessradio.com and go to the media tab and i don't know andy if you want to do it if you go in about two minutes you'll actually have some of the audio from the exchange but you hear them mm-hmm. talking not, not one point do they say you know i think these are asteroids or meteors or shooting yeah. stars they're talking about them as craft yeah. and things are, and this is a major news story that the BBC covered other major news outlets. Uh, so there's in the video, there's about two minutes of it is me talking and then okay, then yeah, goes I think, into the audio. And I'm I th- guessing when it cuts to the picture of a cockpit, that might be it. Do you have it? Want to play that for a few seconds? This is the actual audio. Sure. American, uh, eight, six, we're portable three, seven, zero. And it is smooth again. Can I fix Shannon? Hello, radar contact. And it seems to be smooth ahead of you as well. Uh, Shannon, three, four, nine, four. Go ahead. Is there any uh, military traffic you've got right now? Three, four, decimal, two, six, zero. One, three, four, decimal, two, six, and Singapore, two, five, confirmed. Paper. That's all. Okay, sir, there's, uh, there's nothing showing on either primary or secondary. Okay, it was moving so fast, in fact, you can no longer see it, but yes, thank you. Nine, nine, zero. Five by five, thank you. Uh, alongside you? Yes. Get to uh, come up on our left hand side and then rapidly veer to the north. We uh, saw bright light and then it just disappeared at a very high speed. And we were just wondering, we didn't think it was a likely collision course, we were just wondering what that could have been. Meteor or another object making some kind of re entry. Appeared to be multiple objects following the same sort of trajectory. Now, pause it right there. That guy says it could be a meteor or something upon re entry. Yeah. But the fact that it came flying alongside of her and then veered off to the left seems a little hinky for me to be a meteor. Yeah. That's so crazy. Right? And then, uh, but I love that as we keep listening to this, you hear some of the other pilots, and the one pilot's like, glad I'm not the only one that saw this, Mm. Uh, which also makes you feel like this isn't just an asteroid or meteor or something. But go ahead and. and There's about a minute left. Yeah. Okay, that's copied on. Is there a direction it was going in or anything? That's right, it's copied. Thank you. Uh, the Virgin 76 uh, also saw that in our 11 o'clock position. Uh, two bright lights. Roger, that's copied. Thank you. Glad it wasn't just me. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, very interesting, that one. Say again. Okay, thank you. Uh, Virgin 76. I saw uh, two bright lights at 11 o'clock seem to um, back over to the right and then uh, climb away at, uh, at speed, at least from our perspective. Okay, we're passing that on there. Thank you. Speedbird 94, Shannon. I'm full Okay, just so you know that uh, other aircraft in the air have also reported the same thing, so we're going to have a look and see. Hmm. The speed is astronomical. It's like Mark 2 or Roger. Okay, thank you. Yeah, that's that. That's, uh, isn't that weird? And again, in the one he says, they came at us and then they began to climb. Yeah. And again, that's not <laughs> that's not how things entering our, our orbit would do or entering our atmosphere. They wouldn't start to jump in and then leap up. So very strange. And uh, maybe Cassie, I don't know if you can put up the video over on the Tom Bernard Show yeah, uh, Facebook page it. or something so people can see it. But they'll actually hear the whole story. It's only about a four-minute video. Um, but to me, that was kind of a, a 
holy cow moment that, again, being covered by the BBC and other major news outlets, to have a story like that kind of break, I thought that was uh, was an interesting yeah. piece of information. And again, it's one that w- when you hear all the pilots who are familiar with what things look like in the yeah. sky. Yeah, and they're like all they like, know what goes on. Yeah, well, there's a lot of us up here seeing what's going on right now. And the yeah. one guy's like, hey, it's a meteor. It just uh, entered our, our atmosphere. Well, it was around the side of my ship and then took off to the left. Yeah, these definitely came past and then jumped up. I yeah. don't know. That's, yeah. It's something to do, to make do, you scratch do, your head. Do, 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 do. the X-Files theme song, in case you're wondering. I, wow, <laughs> what version of the X-Files is it? <laughs> that sounded like a video game uh, kicking in instead. Well. Um, yeah, that... So that's pretty cool. Uh, I don't know. My, this computer's all froze up. I had some other news stories. But talking... Oh, here we go. Think you've had a bad flight delay. Talk to these folks. Passengers on an Air France flight to Shanghai got stuck in Siberia mm. for three days. Wow. What? <laughs> yeah. That's a bit of a delay. Ugh. Bad? Your flight making an emergency landing due to smoke in the cabin. No, thank you. I love that song. Smoke in the cabin. Worse, being holed up for three days in a place that wasn't your original destination. Worst of all, that place being one of the farthest reaches of Russia. Yep. The Siberia. That was the plight of nearly 300 passengers flying from Paris to Shanghai on an Air France flight, a scenario worthy of a made-for-TV movie that Radio Free Europe has already dubbed Sleepless in Siberia. The nightmare of uh, Flight 116 began Sunday with smoke and acrid smell in the cabin, per the New York Times, and the plane diverted to Urktusk, which is uh, more than 2,500 miles east of Moscow. After holding tight on the tarmac for six hours, passengers were finally allowed to disembark, but because they didn't have any visas, they were limited to the airport and two nearby hotels. They weren't allowed to get their uh, luggage, said the Siberian Times. Um, Many were dressed in light autumn clothes. Then a second plane sent to them to get out of the broke down, to get them out of there broke down before takeoff due to a frozen hydraulic system. The passengers had to disembark once again. They tried to make the best of it. Some hung out in a pub in one of the hotels and posted a parody video of their newly made up TV series called Stuck in Siberia. But their irritation was clear. We're dirty. We smell bad. It's now more than 30 hours that we're under house arrest without suitcases or passports. A passenger tweeted at one point, Air France offered its apologies, noting it regrets this exceptional situation. A third plane finally got them to Shanghai on Wednesday. Hmm. So... First of all, uh, you might want to reconsider flying on Air France if your first plane breaks down and the second plane they send you to get you out of there breaks down as well. Yeah, what? That would make me start questioning how good their their <laughs> flight quality might be. Although, you know, when I went to Hawaii uh, back in 97, we got to the airport to fly home. And as we were getting ready to load, they they said, everybody, if you could just get back off the plane and sit down, we'll we'll come back to you in a few minutes. Turned out our pilot suffered a massive heart attack and died. What? So (laughs) I'm glad it happened there if it was going to. And not that I'm saying I'm glad it happened for this poor guy. But uh, better that than as we're in like takeoff mode and all of a sudden he slumps over the wheel and we kiss the earth again. That's what uh, co-pilots are for. Is it? Is it really? Yeah. I'm just fearful of that whole thing. I don't trust them. Uh, really? You yeah, don't trust co No, I do, but obviously there was a, there was a pilot. Because yeah. they're like, we're not going to go till tomorrow now. I'm like, you don't have another pilot? Nope, we'll go tomorrow. Well, they had to deal with a body. Yeah, let's. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back and, and continue the shenanigans here on the Tom Bernard Show.